Hi folks, uh, your content warnings for this week are of course cancer and ADHD and our interview has uh, discussions of the lockdown. So that's that. I will also remember you, remember you, remind you at this point that we have animals. We have four cats, a dog, and upwards of 25 chickens. Uh, the chickens will not be making an appearance on the podcast unless something goes terribly, terribly wrong. Which it might. I hope not. Let's, let's, let's not even, yeah, just knock on wood on that one. And then finally, we swear a lot. It's been known to happen. It has. And, you know, we, we can have potty mouths or we might just have a good week. We don't know yet. So we'll find out, won't we? It'll well, be an adventure. It's always an adventure. Uh, and so welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 309. Uh, our guest this week is a catch-up with Heidi Butterstab, um, who is a law librarian in Victoria. And I'm really excited to be talking to Heidi and doing all the stuff with the interview. Maybe it was the first time. I thought it was a catch-up, but whatever. Um, catch-up, first time, long-time listener. We'll just we'll just work with that, right? Um, so, hey, uh, uh, my productivity has been up and down this week. Um, I I am you know I am grateful for my antidepressants and. Also recognizing when they are working and it is a good thing, because boy, can it be tough. It's tough right now. I'm, I'm sorry that your week has been craptastic. I mean, I'm getting some really good work done when I can focus. And when I can't focus, I'm just not... I'm still moving forward, but it's not as rapid. Like today, I had a really good day. Excellent. A really good day and made some serious progress. And I think I'm going to close out like three tickets assigned to me uh, on our roadmap. It's looking great. Um, but, you know, last week there were struggles at points. So, you know, it's all ups and downs right now. What do you think the, the struggles or just the stress of everything? It's, it's yeah, you? no, it's the stress of everything. There is, there is a lot going on and maintaining, you know, just maintaining focus and not having to stop or not being able to stop and say, I realize you think this is important, but no one's going to fucking die. So yeah. just chill the fuck out, right? And back the fuck off. And, uh, you know, your, whatever your priority is, it can, it's not that important. Um, and I mean, it was nice to have three days sort of off where I could chill when I wasn't running errands or yeah. doing the groceries or, you know, I, I spent some time with chickens. It was good. I wish I had more time to spend with chickens. So, but well, that's, but the chickens, you know, the chickens are eternal. The chickens will, will be there. Oh, yes. There will always be chickens. Oh, yes. Yes. So, um, I did find the time to, to make the occasional TikTok, and every so often I will record videos while I am out with chickens, and sometimes I will say, yes, that's a good one to post to TikTok, and sometimes it's just like, that is crap. Why would I post that? So, it's yeah, been sporadic. That's everything, really. Yeah, that is kind of everything. Um, 
but at least I know that no matter what, uh, if, if things are bad, I can go out and before I put him to bed, you know, give, give Lucky cuddles. I don't think Lucky likes it very much, but he doesn't fight and he doesn't fidget. I, I think that if he really hated it, there would be a lot more complaining and, and like, there are some chickens you pick up and they're like, I do not want this to be occurring. Uh, yeah. L Lucky, I, I believe, is is patient and tolerates you because he, he, uh, he's a patient and tolerant little rooster when it comes to humans. Yeah, I, I found the same to be true with, um, uh, with Mickey. I, oh, the I, Houdan, yes. Yes, the Houdan. I don't know why she is, um, but, and then some of them are raging bitches. Well, yeah. You I know. mean, you wouldn't necessarily like to be picked up and petted by a giant. This is fair. This but, is fair. But some of them are like, oh god, oh god, like ninja just ninja oh he flails and flails screams and screams oh. and the horror and uh, uh whereas you know the ones who are chill uh, they have the capacity to flail and scream they know they can they're just like yeah this is happening yeah yeah pot pie will flail and scream as you're picking up but once i've kind of got a hold of him he's sort of he's sort of like so this is my life now and i don't like it yeah, um, I, it, it, lots yeah. of the chickens, you know, you you hold them under one arm, and you can't hold them under one arm. They're gone. And others yeah, are just like, yeah. Okay, seems like I've been picked up. Yeah, I can kind of walk around with Mickey. Um, Lucky will be like, I have to go now. I don't know where you're taking me, but every time you walk away with a rooster, nothing good happens. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, it's not like Tater Tot who would just ride around on your shoulder. I know, and that's that's one thing I... I you miss. I miss that, chicken. and Barbarian used to do it, now she's too good for it. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's just a thing, so... Yeah. Yeah. So, how are you doing? Uh, I'm actually good. Like, today was a really good day. In the, like, it would have been a fine day. I didn't get a lot done I, as much as I wanted. Like, I only got, like... 600 words written. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Sorry, I, I dropped the thing. Yeah, no, yeah, that's fine. But I tr I also had a dentist appointment, which cut into it, and I triaged so much goddamn email. Well, I mean, that, that has to be done. Yeah, because, like, I didn't handle my email last week. For reasons, yeah. Because I was, yeah, the reasons I was getting chemo. But, uh, uh, like, today I feel totally normal. Like, I would be in a good mood today, even if I didn't have cancer. It would be a decent <laughs> day, like... Uh, it's not like that. Okay, it sounds weird when I say it like that. Uh, yes, but this would be a good day, like normally, not just like compared against days when you have cancer. It's uh, it's it was good. I was in a good mood. I uh, got my dental work done. Mm -hmm. Um, got like six hundred words written. Yeah, got words written. Got my email handled, sent off a bunch of forms, sent off other things. So many forms. Oh, God, always, always with, the, with forms. the forms. yeah. And uh, just generally good. I mean, uh, I wrote like 900 words yesterday, so uh, I, yeah. am, I am slowly making more word count. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's, it's, it's fine. Uh, and... That's nice because I am on the second week of chemo that's every other week. Yes. And 
I mean, my fear is that it will be cumulative, and by the end of this, you know, of the eight weeks, I'll just be, like, on the floor, even on the, the second week, but I feel totally normal, like, today. Yeah, you were, you were knocked down Friday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday, though. Uh, Thursday and Friday were the worst, and yeah. then Saturday, Saturday, I, I went out, and that was, I mean... Just sitting in the car should not be exhausting. <laughs> uh, sitting in the car and having lunch. Yeah, that yeah, was... Should yeah, not... But I was... So, yeah, the first week definitely knocks me down, but the second week I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. This is normal, which is what the the oncologist told me. Yes. Uh, it happens for would, a lot of people. would happen, so. yeah. So. so it's... I feel actually kind of upbeat and optimistic about it because, like... I can handle this. Like, this is no problem. If right. As long as it stays like this and is not, you know, significantly cumulative, then, uh, then yeah, I, I got, I got this. It's fine. So. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens on the, when I have it every week, but that's supposed to be the milder kind too. So, yeah. so yeah, it's like the next six weeks I feel okay about. It. They're sorted. I Yay. Uh, and yeah, and maybe I'll make a stupid comic about having cancer or something. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. All right. It'll be hilarious. So, I have an interview. You have an interview. I have an interview. Yes, I talked to um, Heidi Butterstab, um, who is in Australia, who used to be a lawyer and is now a law librarian and cool. has uh, uh, just so much... Uh, really great conversations. Uh, formerly from Minnesota, actually. So sometimes the accent was throwing me just just a little weird because it felt like I'm partly in the Midwest, but I'm also talking to an Australian, and it's uh... <laughs> and you know how that how weird how not weird but how trying to identify accents becomes just a thing for me. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, but it was awesome. And I am really happy to share that with everybody right after this. I am here today with Heidi, who is coming to us all the way from the land down under. Um, and um, yeah, Heidi is a longtime listener and first time, first time caller. No, first time interview. <laughs> so, um, Heidi, can you introduce yourself significantly better than I just did and tell us about what you do? <laughs> Um, well, I'm going to begin by saying I'm recording on the unceded lands of the Dadaroa and Waiwuru peoples. Mm -hmm. um, I live in a beautiful part of regional Australia, and the Indigenous people in this area have been caring for this land from time immemorial. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. It's, it's an important part of being Australian to mm -hmm. acknowledge that. Um, 
So yes, I, I'm Australian. I'm also American, just to uh, make things fun. Um, and I'm a law librarian at a university here in Victoria. Um, I used to be a lawyer before I became a librarian, um, but law didn't really practicing law didn't really suit me, so I went into librarianship instead. And I've now managed to work my way into a law librarian role, which is honestly the best of both worlds. Um, and I'm also a scrapbooker and a crocheter, and I usually call myself a wannabe writer as well, but I haven't been writing in so long that I possibly have to drop that off the description, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's basically me. Uh, all right. Um, and we've had a lot of librarians on. You're our first law librarian. Uh, so. I know there's a lot that goes into it. Do you specialize in, in any part of being a law librarian, or is this sort of a general catch-all? I, I'm very much a, a generalist, partially because I am the one and only law librarian for my university. <laughs> gotcha. Um, <laughs> we, we have a pretty small staff. I mean, it's not small like I think Corey is – was it Corey who's a um, librarian and was one of only two on her campus? We, yeah. we have quite many more than that, but um, I'm the only law librarian for teaching side. There's one for the research side as well. But Ah, uh, okay. But, yeah, so very much generalist. Um, I do a lot of teaching into first-year subjects, helping students mm -hmm. understand uh, how to use the library and the databases and all the information that they they have available to them, um, partially because if they don't know what information they have available, they won't even know to go looking for it. Uh, and so a lot of my day-to-day -day work is uh, working with academics, preparing classes, finding out what mm -hmm. textbooks the, le the lecturers want for their classes then oh, yeah. finding out just how much they cost for the library as distinct from individual purchase because oh. uh, this is a thing. <laughs> I know. Yep. <laughs> and publishers are getting nastier and nastier, to be quite honest. Um, we've, and we've got, you know, you want ebooks these days, particularly because, you know, we've got. Uh, students across two campuses. It's a lot quicker if the student can go to their computer at 10 o'clock at night when they are writing their essay rather than having to request a book that has to be transferred from another campus and then they have to go oh, yeah, to yeah. campus and pick it up. However, the publishers are making ebooks more and more restricted because they want every student to buy one themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a fun no, part of I'm my work. I'm honestly very aware of it. I have a son at um, uh, university right now. And yeah, books, uh, digital or print, are a racket. Mm -hmm. um, and when it comes to textbooks, yeah. Yeah. So actually another sort of small part of my work is working on um, supporting authors who are trying to publish open access. And oh. so the in law, 
particularly in Australia, and this is something that has to be jurisdiction by jurisdiction. We just can't pick up mm-hmm. open access textbooks from the US, obviously, because our law is quite different. Very different, um, yes. But there's we've got our university has an open access publishing um, arm. I, I say arm, it's two people, but oh, yeah. <laughs> they do a heck of a lot of work. Uh, and But we've got a couple of proposals at the moment for various law textbooks that once they're done would be open access textbooks available freely to everyone. And it's a really oh, awesome. great um, area to be working in, but it's very much in its infancy. So there's oh, yeah. a lot of work to be done to for starters, convince lecturers that these books are going to be as good as commercially published books. Um, And when you've been using the same book for... There are students who are using the 14th edition now of a book that I used when I studied law 20 years ago. So it's very much there's the tradition of what textbook is the right one. So getting into that open access mm-hmm. side is really interesting. But, yeah, that's one of the things I've yeah. been doing a lot of recently, so clearly it's at the top of my mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess that, that leads really, like, you have all of this going on. How do you keep it all organized and keep yourself productive and moving forward? Yeah, that, that's been an interesting thing. As I said in the letter that I originally sent to mm-hmm. you, when yeah. when I was in high school and when I was in law school, and in Australia, law school is undergrad, it's not postgrad. So oh, okay. I went straight into a law degree after high school. Um, I was I was super productive. I finished my last year of university, um, or my last my last few years of university, as well as overloading on subjects to finish slightly Uh earlier, taking an additional languages diploma. Um, I was also editor of one of the law journals. So I I was very productive then. Uh, Then I went into um, regular work and everything changed (laughs) and the expectations were different and, and all of that. And so basically the next 20 years have been trying to get myself back into a sense of organization that matched <laughs> what I was when I was a student. Um, I have discovered that I am the sort of person who has to have my work organized completely separately from home. Um, okay. I don't mind the like I didn't mind at all working from home and I still do two days a week um Mm -hmm. now but um we've sort of done the return to campus the university said everyone can have two days a week working from home and I went thank you very much I'll take them so it's not that I need a physical separation between work and home I just Mm -hmm. need the mental separation yeah so for work, um, I have a conglomeration of different things because nothing does everything that I want it to. For I example, am familiar with this feeling, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I keep task lists and things on an app called Nirvana. 
which is based around um, getting things done. Um, So the David Allen getting things done. Um, But what that won't do is give me a calendar view. And sometimes, especially at the beginning of semester, when I have to work out what classes I'm taking, what videos need to be ready, what Mm -hmm. other various things all have to be done, I need to be able to see it in a calendar. So I also put high-level tasks, so the, the big, chunky deadlines, into Notion because in Notion I can do a, um, a calendar view, I can do a Kanban board, mm-hmm. um, and I can just click and change it whenever I want it. So, um, yeah, at the moment I think it's sitting in Kanban view because that tells me what's coming up um, and then what I'm working on, what I'm waiting for people, for other people to get back to me for. And Notion is so good with that. I really do like the, the sort of yeah. the quick switch on the views. Because, you know, um, it's like, okay, I have this big thing and I see all the deadlines, but I don't know what state it's in. And then I just go click, oh, in the Kanban, that says I'm working, that's in progress, that's not even started and that's done. Okay. Yeah. I just haven't been able to put in the time and effort in Notion to get it to replace Nirvana for me. Because what Nirvana can do is I've got template tasks um, so that I have one that is just a video checklist and so when I get another academic coming to me and saying can you do a video ready in week eight um, about uh, royal commissions and inquiries and how to research what's going on in a royal commission Um, and honestly I cannot think off the top of my head what would be the equivalent of a royal commission because it's not quite a Uh. senate hearing um, right. Well, I mean, yeah, some sort of hearing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then I can just go to Nirvana, pull up the video checklist, and it will give me a, a tick list that I've already got. Um, mm-hmm. You know, create script, create slides, record audio, <laughs> record screen captures, put the slides in, uh, create the transcript, uh, put the captions on. <laughs> Upload yeah, it to the yeah. server, tell the lecturer it's done. <laughs> you know, so that's just all there already. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, that's great. I've, I've seen it in Notion. I haven't learned how to do it. I seem to yeah. recall that it's like fiddly. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, yeah. And I'm sure it's possible. Yeah. I'm sure it's possible. It's just having the time to get into mm-hmm. it. Um, oddly enough, with all of those, I also have a, a paper planner. I'm trying to phase out of it at the moment. That's it, just work-related because either phase out of it or change my um, change what I'm using as, as the planner. I found recently, and I think this is one of those things where something will work for you for six months and then it'll stop working and you need to change. Because yeah. realizing that that's a thing has been really big for me, um, and honestly, I think that was partially this podcast. I um, really, no, seriously, I realizing that it's not just me that 
will do something for six months and then it just stops working and you've got to move on. Um, that was that was a huge thing because it was one of those it's must be me. I'm I'm not using the system correctly, but mm-hmm. obviously the system was failing me. Um, there you go. So yeah, I I found for a while there that if I didn't write down on paper what I had coming up in a day, I might miss an appointment. Um, mm. And because you know, I've got my Outlook calendar up and it will tell me reminders, but I don't necessarily see them. Um, and so I started just having, at the beginning of the day, I'd write down, this is what I've got coming up, highlight things. Then I started adding time blocking because um, that had not been something that had worked for me for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but then maybe... Uh, uh, it's probably lasted more than six months at this point, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's around that I just sort of started going, okay, well, if I look at my list and I look at what time I've got in between, because that's the thing, I also do desk shifts, I do um, virtual services, which is phone and chat, um, yeah. and then you've got meetings, so my calendar can look pretty nuts at times. But you've still got these big, chunky projects that you need to get done. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I just found that writing that down on paper was helping. And the problem I've always had with time blocking is I don't know how long something is going to take. So I can't say, okay, well, I'll set aside this hour and this hour, and at the end of those two, it will be done. (laughs) And part of the reason I can't... Yeah, part of the reason I can't say that is that if I get an urgent email from a student going, oh, my God, I cannot understand how to reference this, I need to drop what I'm doing and answer the student. If we suddenly don't have desk coverage, I need to drop what I'm doing and go out on desk, uh, things like that. It's, it's a very reactive type of work. Yeah, it's, um, what is it, uh, interrupt-driven uh, yeah. As we would say in IT, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get interrupted, and you have to drop everything and do it. And then the adage, um, which is mostly true, is it takes like fifteen minutes, fifteen twenty to, minutes to get back. Yeah, to get back. Yeah. So breaking that concentration, breaking that flow, just throws you all off, and you have to start not from the beginning, but you have to like get yourself back in the zone. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is why I try not to do anything like big when I'm like I'm on call this coming weekend. So mm-hmm. like tomorrow, Friday, I'm on call for eight hours. I have it's like nope, not gonna plan on getting anything done because the moment I start to really dig into something and focus, boom, something's going to happen and I'm gonna have to respond to it. Right? Yeah, I'm I'm starting to keep like a separate list of jobs that I can do while I'm on desk or while I'm on phone and chat. Mm-hmm. So, because you have to just be able to drop them, um, yes. and it, they tend to be more cleaning up um, back end things and just little stuff. Also, when I'm on desk, I only have one screen because I just have my uh-huh. laptop. Whereas, so it also has to be something can, that can be done on one screen. Whereas, I either have two if I'm at home or three if I'm in the workroom <laughs> at work. Right. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was funny. I never had double screens until I came to this job. And then I was just like, how did I live with only one screen? <laughs> I, I, I really like it for work. I don't use it for home stuff as much. One, because a MacBook Air only supports like one external monitor. Yeah. But I, I actually end up using the second screen not for reference things, not, well, more for reference things than active things. So it's like, I'll just put my calendar over there. I'll put, you know, um, that's where music goes. That's where, you know, whatever, that's where the meetings for, where like, I'm not a participant, <laughs> I'm a passive observer, you know, the yep. all hands and things. They go on the second monitor. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I do use my second screen for home stuff, but that's for the scrapbooking. So mm -hmm. I'll have Photoshop up on one screen and then my photos on the second screen to go and yeah. pick up and or the journaling that I want to put into mm -hmm. the scrapbooking, that sort of thing. Because yeah. I've gotten, I've gone basically digital scrapbooking because it's so hard <laughs> to get um, supplies out here. It's, ah, okay. it's no longer the big thing. Um, for about five years right. it was, and now you'd have to pay shipping from the U.S., and that's uh, worse than it ever was. Yes, so. yes. Um, before we get too much into the home stuff, though, um, yeah. Tell, yeah, me, I, tell me what kind of journal you're using, because people will ask me. Uh, yes. Um, so <laughs> I'm, currently, I'm currently using one from an Australian company called Kiki K., um, I have the link in an email to send when we're done. Oh, um, the the one I'm using isn't actually up on the website anymore, which is a pain, but that's what they do. <laughs> they do a line and then they change everything and then I have to adapt. Uh, what I will probably change to after this is um, inserts from an, another Australian company called Planner Peace. Um, mm -hmm. They do an amazing amount of just different um, planner inserts for six ring A5 planners. They have other sizes, but I don't tend to use other sizes. So I don't know as well what those other sizes are. But um, so what I would probably switch to, the what I used to use was undated, but still had the weeks set out. And so right. because of my I have to keep home and work separate, I had the Saturday and the Sunday just getting skipped every week. And mm. that just felt like a waste to me. So I went to this Kiki K one, which is undated and just has, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday up the top or right. and Saturday, Sunday up the top. And I just highlight whichever mm -hmm. day it is. So gotcha. I like that because I'm wasting a lot less paper. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's that's what I use for that, and then I use OneNote a lot for keeping stuff organized oh. at work. Um, where definitely Microsoft everything at work. Um, I don't mind that. I'm used to it. And yeah, yeah. the my only other experience has been with Lotus, and that was possibly an outdated version, and was honestly so horrific that when they finally changed to Outlook, I was so pleased. Oh. Um, oh. God, the lawyers and the federal government here so loved their Lotus notes. And I mean, I'm not, how do I, how do I phrase all of this? So I don't know if you caught 
some of the episode where I talked about my like early, early beginnings in the tech industry, mm-hmm. I was literally a consultant for proprietary LAN email systems early in yeah, my career. Yep. Right. And so I had all the CC mail and the Microsoft. This is obviously this predates Outlook. This predates like I was working as that when they released Exchange, and we looked at it and said, <laughs> realizing that one, it was terrible, and two, it was going to destroy the market. It was going to eat the market. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, and when IBM, not IBM, this was before IBM bought Lotus. But when <laughs> Lotus bought CC Mail, and we were all like, oh, thank God, Lotus will finally have a decent email client and they promptly like killed it in favor of notes and we're just like no yeah no um i i have to say there are a couple lotus products i miss to this Mm -hmm. day notes is not one of them (laughs) yeah my my dad works for the state government and um they hung on to lotus for quite some time as well oh yeah so we we used to commiserate (laughs) yeah like i I don't think they switched off lotus notes until after i'd left the council library which was where i was using lotus so gotcha yeah Yeah. um but yeah i would um, kill for organizer though oh how i miss organizer But yeah, OneNote is is really, really useful. I'm using it for a lot of, of stuff at the moment, partially because it means I can have like a tab. I've, I think I've got multiple notebooks at this point just for organizational purposes, but um, a tab for each subject that I teach into or support in any way. And then each year I can have a separate page for whatever I've done that year. And then it just makes it really easy to go back and, and find out what I've done, what I've discussed with the lecturer, um, what all the changes in subject coordinator have been, Mm -hmm. um, all of that sort of thing. (laughs) And, and then I also use it for my work journal, which is a separate thing from the planner. Like I say, it's, right, it's this right. weird conglomeration of things, and I'm probably doubling up in a lot of ways. But you, you go with uh, what works because you haven't got time oh, yeah. to work out a better system. Oh, I mean, I look at what I do, and it's like, yes, I have uh, at minimum, I think, three text editors I use when I'm working on code. Because mm-hmm. not all of them open at the same time on the same file, but it's like, you know, this one's got a really good... Visual Studio Code, great integration, great debugging, all the plugins I need. And then, you know, good old VI enhanced for the command line when I just need to edit a file right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, and I realize I may be speaking Greek to you, and that's, I apologize. Not entirely um, Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not ancient Greek, modern Greek, maybe. Right. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I know a bit but i'm not that far into to tech things i just haven't had to be although that's that's changing the level of video video editing that i'm having to do that i'm completely self-taught in that Mm. um, yeah because the other aspect of this that i didn't mention is that i work 400 kilometers from any of my students and lecturers oh my goodness 
So I'm, I'm based at one of the regional campuses and most of our law students are at the campus that's in Melbourne. Um, oh. And so this came about during um, COVID lockdowns. And mm-hmm. when everyone was doing everything remotely and the existing law librarian left and basically the, um, the library management went, hang on, we've got a former lawyer on staff. <laughs> Would she be interested? <laughs> and that was just Do you like, think? Yes. Yes, I'd be interested. <laughs> Does it pay and, more money? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't a promotion because I was already at that level of um, Ah, as a liaison librarian Um, but I was on a maternity leave cover so I was going to be going back to my previous level which yes did pay less money Um, but I'd also wanted to get into that liaison librarian role which was why I'd accepted the maternity leave cover Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. but yes so it's it's an interesting thing because of course we've gone back in some ways to the Melbourne campus, forgetting that the rest of us exist and me yeah. having to point out that I'm 400 kilometres away and can't see a student face-to-face and they need to mm-hmm. <laughs> contact me by Zoom. Um, it's, it's mostly working. Mm-hmm. I will be doing my first actual face-to-face teaching this uh, in August when the, the August. new semester okay. starts. I'll be going down to Melbourne for a week to actually teach classes face-to-face because the tech issues that we've had previously have Mm -hmm. been getting a little bit annoying and I just sort of said to the lecturer, look, if I check with the library about, you know, funding my trip down, would you prefer that I come in and teach this one face-to-face? And he was just like, yeah, that'd be a good thing. Yeah. um, as as long as the library is paying, then you know it's, it's yeah exactly. Great. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> work needs to be just, paying for this, <laughs> right? And just hope they don't get you know the idea that oh well maybe we can schedule more in person things because 400 kilometers is a ways. It is. It'll be you like know? most of the week down in Melbourne to do two or three classes, but I'll also. It's also it's really good to catch up with late with the lecturers face to face. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but it that is a, an element that makes my work interesting. The mm-hmm. being very definitely at a at a remove. Yeah, yeah. Ooh boy! Yeah. Uh, all right, so I think that, that's that, covered that, the work side. <laughs> work now. Let's talk about home. <laughs> So for home, I have a bullet journal, but it's a slightly um, slightly differently set up bullet journal. Um, and I can hear Ursula's It's a Cult from here. <laughs> you know, the moment the moment I got in, because I, I had started to sort of do it ad hoc and then realized that maybe I should just try it full time and it's working for me right now, the, I, I, she... She yelled at me, um, especially since I'm staring here at the official Lecternum 1917 bullet journal book. Yep. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm actually, you know, it's a Lecternum, so it's really good. It came with, you know, it came with a page for table of contents, a, a page for your future log, and then the rest is just dot grid with numbers. And I'm like, okay, yeah, bring it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm very minimalist on it. I'm not yeah. doing any 
fancy tracking or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So am I. Mine is minimalist and messy. Um, it would not go. It, it does not go on my Instagram. <laughs> Um, except when I'm trying to make a point about bullet journals do not have to be pretty and fancy. Occasionally I do actually post a photo or two because I'm just like, yeah, I need to counter some of this nonsense. What mine is, is it's a Voyager Traveler's Notebook cover with then three um, dot grid inserts. And the reason that it's three is the first one is short-term. So that's mm-hmm. where I put my, so just a monthly layout that all it is is the list of, of dates down the page and the day of the week yep. down the page and that's it. And then I can just put in whatever's coming up and then mm-hmm. each day uh, just you know, write the date and then start whatever I, I need there. Yep. Second book is sort of the medium term stuff. So anything I think I'm going to need, generally thinking during the year. So uh-huh. I have some year trackers. Um, so, you know, just a grid with each day of the year so that I can color in, you know, did I, um, what's one of them? I've got uh-huh. two that are writing ones, but they're very blank right now. Um <laughs> Did I did I make step goal? Um, you know, did I did I read and was it an ebook, a physical book, or an audio book? That sort of thing. Um, my TV trackers with episodes of ER that I have actually watched or have not watched. But then the last five seasons dropped off the streaming service, so I'm never going to be able to finish oh. that until because those are the five seasons I've never seen. Um, but yeah, so little trackers like that. And then the other mm-hmm. thing is when I've got a crochet project on where I need to track pattern repeats, those definitely go in there because I need to just have something where right. I can cross off what I'm doing. Um, I've mm-hmm. just flicked through it to one where I've got this whole complicated tracker and then right down the bottom <sighs> it says, frogged this, too boring. <laughs> So you know, <laughs> but it's also good to have that as a um, as a record oh, yeah. of what I've been doing. And then the lot, the third notebook is long term reference material, um, which mm-hmm. I count as anything that's likely to go sort of more than one year. Um, a lot of this is actually digital scrapbook layouts for templates that I've got, and okay. so that I can. Go flick through that, find the layout that I want, and then find the right file in my computer. Um, and oh, and the silly things like um, the Minnesota Vikings results for each season, um, it, because it just goes over a calendar year. I put it in that yes. one rather than rather than the medium term notebook. But it works well for me. I'd kind of dropped it for a while. Um, I was trying mm-hmm. um, the digital passion planner on the iPad um, and I got an Apple Pencil. And mm-hmm. But it didn't work for me as, as a planner. What I'm using that for right. now is more digital scrapbooking and sort of memory keeping. So, you know, 
it's I really like it for just popping in photos of a book that I've finished or um, photos from the day, things like that. But it did not work for me as an actual organization tool. So I've come back to the bullet journal. But I I think I've been using a version of a bullet journal since before Ryder Carroll got the book published. Mm -hmm. I've got a bunch of them going back. So it's been a method that really works for me because you can just do whatever you want. You're not having to fit into someone else's um, templates or, you know, the problem that I'm having with this Kiki K one where it's just not quite working for me anymore and stuff. You just change it and keep going. So yeah, that's what I've always really liked about it. I mean, that's one of the reasons I got the official book is because I was like, okay, this is working for me. There are some friction points like with the actual notebook, I can write on both the left and right sides of the thing. And I was trying it out with, you know, my usual disc bound notebook and found that, you know, trying to write since I'm right-handed writing on the left-hand page meant I kept banging into the the binding and I'm just like, Oh, this is not, this is not frictionless. That's terrible. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things keeping me from going back to a six, uh, six ring a five planner Mm -hmm. cover because yeah, when you're trying to use the left-hand side of the page, it's so difficult. The um, the Kiki K one I've got at the moment is spiral bound. So you just flip it around and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I do love my official um, Filofax six ring, but yep. I, that was the bit that I kept running into with it. Um, and I used it for quite some time, uh, but I would run into the, okay, now I need, I'm going to jot something on the other thing. And I couldn't use the full left-hand page because yep. my You'd keep hand running into was it. in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Um, I also use an app called Home Routines that I think is now so old that no one is updating it anymore. (laughs) Um, But it works pretty well for me. It's, it's a setup that is, you can, you can do a lot with it, honestly. Um, Just different lists. Hang on, where is uh, there? I was just going to say, pull it up so I can look at it as I'm talking about it. Right. Um, so I've got a bunch of different lists and then you can set which day those lists will show up on. So I've got sort of morning routine, evening routine, and those show up every day um, except probably Saturday and Sunday for the morning routine because I don't have to get up at 6.15 on those days. Mm. Um and then, you know, what needs to be done monthly and then you can tell it to reset the the check boxes at different times, whether it's you oh, reset yeah. them every month or you reset them every week. And, yeah, so I use that. It, But like I said, it's incredibly old. I've been using it <laughs> off and on for at least 15 years at this point, I think. So, but I find it really helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I use Notion. Notion is the one thing that crosses the the boundary because I use Notion for for some scrapbooking projects just to keep my journaling in until I'm ready to actually make the pages. Um, there's mm. a um, – I know you had – I actually haven't caught up to it in my re-listen, but you had Kristen Tweedale on 
um, a couple of years ago and who's a big scrapbooking person. And, um, but one of the, she does a fantastic project that's daily pages that I have never been able to keep up with because it requires far too much. Now I have to go look. I don't even remember. I think it was around February-ish last year, but I'm not sure. She was um, a, a moderator or something on the power course you took. Oh, oh, um, I don't think I, I – did I? Yes. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, I had uh, um, on the – yeah, on building a second brain. And, yes, now I remember vividly lovely, absolutely fantastic uh, yeah. Person. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's mm-hmm. fabulous. Um, but yeah. So one of the things that one of the projects that I do most years actually is um, a scrapbooking every day in December. Right. Um, right. It's not one that she's created. It's an Ali Edwards creation. But um, all all scrapping book all scrapbooking goes back to Kristen in my head. Um, but yeah. So December daily. Um, I often find that, you know, I don't have time to put it together until January. Um, right. It's enough to do to just work out what it is that I'm going to have for that day, write the words and have, you know, and know what photo I'm going to use. And so all of that goes into Notion and just sits there. Mm-hmm. Except this last year when we were actually on holiday in Europe for most of December. So I was actually I doing mean, it at the time. <laughs> so that was... No. That, that that one worked yeah. differently from most Decembers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, when in Rome? Um. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was fantastic. Because it was the first time yeah. we traveled since COVID. And oh, just, yeah. yeah, it was great. But, um, yeah, so <laughs> I think that. Oh, and I also use a program called Life Tick for tracking my goals, my personal goals for the year. And that one, that one, honestly, I only am, I'm using it this year because I was poking around and I discovered that I'd had an account from years ago and I was like, let's try this again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I keep, I keep finding those as well. Yeah. Um, I used to keep a list of all the places that I'd signed up for accounts and then the list got too long. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I honestly I, I that's why I use one password because it stores the URL. Yeah. Yep. So when I roll over and it's like, oh, I can log in or and one password's like, yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha, <laughs> yeah. bro. And I'm like, okay. I think that was how I worked out I already had a life tick account was that someone mentioned right, right. it, I went to look at it and was like, Hi, we're logging you in. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> that's well how useful. Yeah, no. <laughs> So then I deleted the stuff that was from five years ago and started setting it up again. That's I. That's honestly, every time I go back to an app to say, does this work for me now? That's usually the first thing I have to do is go in and say, okay, so let's just delete all the things I had set up in recurring tasks from five years ago <laughs> and start everything over because, you know, because I have this bad habit of getting into an app and just being hyper about it. Like, Mm-hmm. Put in a checkbox item for put chickens away that night and feed dog. And like, I realized I don't need to be that hyper about yep. it because these are things that are going to happen. <laughs> like, you know, because the chickens will remind you if you don't. 
Uh, well, if I don't feed them, yes. If I don't put them away at night, somebody ends up getting eaten. Ooh, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Uh, do do Okay, wow. Um, I know, that, that took a while. <laughs> right? But we, there's so much to unpack and to, like, for people who are going to be listening to this, you are getting giving such a big, like, deep list of links in the show notes. So um, <laughs> the only thing missing now that I look look at it, the only thing list missing is um, uh, uh, what kind of pen? Ah, uh, um, yes. I, I'm not a huge pen person, but I do love the friction. <laughs> I do love the friction pens. Um, so I've got the friction clicker um, gel pens. I also went out and got a very important part of the paper planner for work is highlighters. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah, you know, highlighting yes. the day of the week, highlighting my meetings, different color mm-hmm. for time boxing for what I'm planning to do, and oh, yeah. those I went out after you mentioned the um, the the friction erasable um, highlighters. I was like, yes. "Ooh, are these available in Australia?" It's been two years since this podcast was actually released, so maybe they are, <laughs> and they were. So I now have the the friction yeah. erasable highlighters that's definitely part of that i the one problem i have is i really do like how the the friction one feels but then i have to remember not to use it for anything important because of the erasability right um yeah so it's it's always a hang on that's signing my tax return for the year better not use a friction pen no and even even then with the uh, with my fountain pen selections or whatever i'm like okay that one does not have an archival quality ink. That one doesn't. That that one does. That's the one I need to use to sign official forms. Yep. You know, I mean, it's okay. I'm, you know, sitting here taking notes in, you know, a meeting with Ursula's doctor yesterday in using um, uh, Diamante Writer's Blood ink, which is, you know, if it gets wet, it's going to smear, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. You know, as compared to if my signature gets washed off or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, or in the case of the friction pens, if my signature disappears in high heat. Yes. That's a problem. <laughs> yes. 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 And I always slightly worry when I'm sending my US tax return off to Texas. I'm like, I'm not sure that this is not going to get overheated at some point. Right. Yeah, because yeah. w- one of the interesting things about being a U.S. citizen is that you have to file for tax, even though you have not actually ever lived in the country full time. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it was even more interesting when I found out uh, that um, when I lived in New York City, which means I lived in New York State, but the city had an extra tax. If you worked in the city but didn't live in the city. Oh, right. You know, there was a New York City non-resident tax. So if you were commuting in from Jersey, and I can Uh, understand uh, that because you commute in from Jersey and suddenly you're on the subway, you're using all of these, you know, things, but then you're not getting taxed on it. And 
the city of New York was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, See, that was one of the interesting things I found that came up with, you know, the, the shift to work from home with the pandemic mm-hmm. was that all of a sudden there were all of these comments about, well, you know, you can't necessarily just work from home because there might not be a nexus in your state. And in Australia, tax is done federally and then sorted out between the federal government and the states. And there's no state. Right, right. Like there are state taxes, but they're not income tax. They're not your yearly tax. You pay state taxes in other places. But I live on the border between New South Wales and Victoria and half our staff (laughs) live in New South Wales. Which then became right. an issue when they actually closed the border between New South Wales and Victoria um, for quite oh, some time yeah. um, because of trying to stop the spread of COVID. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was fun because we had a couple of days where we were trying to work out who lived on which side of the border and, therefore, who would be able to get to work to open the library. Yeah. Because that was also during a period of time where even though Melbourne was locked down and the Melbourne libraries were closed, regional Victoria wasn't. And so we were still opening the library every day. Skeleton staff, but right, right. We, were, we were still going in and we were just sitting there going, okay, so who lives on this side and can actually get to work? Who lives on the other side? And we'll have to wait until they've sorted out the permit system before we can get anyone to work. And it yeah, turned and out that I was one of the people who could get to work when most of them couldn't. And, you know, God forbid, like, you're close to that border and the nearest grocery store is just on the other side of it and now you have to drive an extra hour, right? Yeah, it was. Um, that was an issue for a lot of communities. It mm-hmm. was, and our major hospital... Um, only really does maternity on this side of the border and most oh. of the rest of the services are on the other side of the border. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was fun times. And um, at, yeah. <laughs> at least as as far as I know, at least there weren't any buildings that were like situated half on and half off. And so they had to have a, a thing in the middle to prevent. <laughs> Or, or are you about to tell me there was? No, because <laughs> there there may have been in. Well, I don't think there would have been on the New South Wales Queensland border, but they have a land mm-hmm. border. We have a river, so uh, the yeah, Murray River yeah. is the border between Victoria and New South Wales for the majority of the border. So that was not an issue. There, there uh, yeah. were apparently people who did try to swim the river to get past the permits issue, but. Um, it's a very strong current, and they really shouldn't have tried. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything else you're using at home? No, I think that's it. Uh, other than Excel for tracking finances, but yeah, well, rather yeah. than using anything more specific, you know, um, specialized. Honestly. If that's what works, go for it. I have tried so many financial things that I'm basically at the point where I'm just like, all right, let me go look. Let me, I'll just, I'll just look directly at my bank account and not even try to track in software or any of that stuff because yeah. it all hurts now. <laughs> I, yeah. Yep. It just all hurts. Um, yep. <laughs> so, all right. 
we've gone through all of this. Are there any systems and habits that you've missed that are also particularly valuable? Um, I think the main one is that work journal that I mentioned. Uh-huh. So I'm a big believer in reflective practice. Um, okay. And I use that work journal as, as a key tool in that. So... And, and this kind of gets into the what do you do first in the morning as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, it's fine. That's the next question anyway. Yeah. So, great segue. <laughs> um, so certainly after I've done a class or finished mm-hmm. a, a video that's taking place of a class or something like that, I'll always sit down and and do some reflection on how did it work, what can I do better next time. Um, uh-huh then potentially when I get feedback in later, I'll, you know, note that down too so that I can refine plans. But I also try to every morning start with a work morning, start by sitting down and going, okay, so what has to, what has to get done today? I mm-hmm. find that I think very well through just sitting and typing. Um, gotcha. It's probably not the greatest stuff to read back later, but that's not its job. Its job is to let me get everything down and mm-hmm. um, and sort of work through it. But then I add to that during the day with any meeting notes, with any ideas that come up. Um, one of my ongoing projects slash struggles is how to teach referencing effectively to students because there's actually very little um, work that's been done on that. I actually found an article last year that said um, one of the, no one has really written about how to teach referencing because we all just assume that we all know. And I'm like, (laughs) that's helpful. How about you tell me what you think you know because I would really like to know it too. Yeah. Gods. This this sounds like Law Twitter would just have a field day. Oh, I'm sure. Um, um, but yeah. Oh, and I did forget one system that is very oh. important or one um one program rather that's very important. Yes, yes. Zotero. I know you've had people um mention Zotero before, but I mm-hmm. use that for um well I use that for the grad cert that I'm currently doing. Um, right. And I also use it to gather, you know, professional development articles, things like that article about referencing teaching, trying to find any more articles about teaching referencing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the ability to tag articles. And then last year they came out with an update that improved the annotations, um, like from an iPad out of sight. Mm-hmm. And now that I've got an Apple Pencil, it is so good <laughs> because I just pull up the PDF in my iPad and I can highlight and I can annotate and I can actually write and it'll transfer it into print, um, you know, typed, yeah, yeah, yeah. typed text. And that that has been fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I see a whole lot about, oh, well, Zotero notes and you should be doing it. This is how this works. And I'm just like – I. I as with so many things that I was exposed to in the the second brain and the current state of productivity systems and, you know, all the up and comers, I just looked at it and went, this is, there is so much here that I literally don't need. 
Mm. Uh, but, you know, if you need it, like I was using Obsidian for how long? Several months until it stopped working for me because I was, it's really made to be a referencing and writing tool and slots very well into a Zotero system. Yep. Uh, or Zettelkeisten, however you're supposed to say it. Um, but that's way more than I needed. Mm. Like, I need a place to shove notes and keep them organized and a place to keep my to-dos so I don't lose them. And trying to put it all into one just didn't work. Yeah. Right. And that's, I, I suspect you have a very similar thing and could not use OneNote for to-do tracking. Yeah, I tried. It did not work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was talking about the work journal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, meeting notes. I was using, I was actually using Notion for my work journal, but I found mm-hmm. it wasn't searchable enough because each right. day's notes were in a block. Um, you couldn't just search the whole thing. And I, I could use tags and say, okay, well, this, um, this day mm-hmm. includes notes on this project and this other project. So I could go through the tags, but then I have to go back into each individual entry. Right, Whereas right. on OneNote, it's got a much more um, useful search for me mm-hmm. to be able to go and find, well, I mentioned you know, this particular project on this day, this day, and this day easier to go in and and look at it so that's that's one of the big things um Mm -hmm. because the the reflective thing is always about trying to improve whatever i'm doing yeah and yeah just have those notes so that i can sort of think through things and and work out solutions and one day if i ever work out how to effectively teach um legal referencing (laughs) Right. No. <laughs> it's because the problem is I don't remember how I was taught it. I just remember knowing um, it. And I've been racking my brains to think, well, how did they teach it? And the only thing I can remember is a really early assignment we were given to go into, which was sort of a combination library and referencing assignment where we were given mm. like three pages of paper because it was the late 90s, um, and told to go into the library physically and find (laughs) the books off the shelf, and and then you had to find things and reference them properly. And so it was this combination assignment. And But the really interesting thing I found with trying to teach referencing is realizing referencing is all about telling you which book to take off the shelf particularly in in legal referencing. It's about finding the correct volume to take off the shelf and open it up to the right page. And all those numbers and letters mean that. But the students aren't used to going into a library and picking up a book off the shelf. Right. So when they're they're confronted with this set of numbers, so like um, famous Australian cases, Marbo and Queensland number two, citation is 127 CLR 1. Now, to me, that tells me exactly where I need to go to get it. But they're not used to going and finding volume 127, taking it off the shelf and opening it to page one. So that's been a real big thing for me in understanding how to teach referencing. Um, Because I now understand that the, the students I'm working with 
don't have that context. Oh. Yeah, and I mean, even then, uh, that's. I think that's something every person who's teaching should take into account is the first assumption we make is that the student has all the has the exact same context we do and that is oh always it's false. a terrible assumption to make yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah but yeah so i think that's that's the main one in terms cool. of habits so that does naturally lead us into what a typical day looks like so typical work day um <laughs> I I get up and make coffee as the very first thing that I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, I've been trying to instead of sitting on my phone and reading the internet with my coffee, yeah. I have been trying to get into a habit of reading poetry with my coffee. It was a thing that I picked up from Glennon Doyle. Um, oh yeah, and. I've been more or less successful until recently, and honestly, I think that it got to it's so dark and cold when I get up right now because <laughs> we're right at the middle of the year. And yeah. um, so hopefully when it's lighter and more pleasant, I'll get back to that a bit. But mm-hmm. I also have finished some incredible books of poetry this year, so that has definitely <laughs> been a benefit. Right. Um, I really like the idea. I just I need to get myself to to do it. Um, and then whether or not it's a work from home or a work on campus day, I drop my wife off at her work, um, mm-hmm. and then I either come back home or I go onto campus and start off with the the work journal. Right. Um, unless I've got something straight away but usually because I start at 8 30 and most meetings won't start until nine I've usually got that little bit of space um oh except mm-hmm. for the one day of the week when I work later um because I need to be available for um student consults from five until six p.m so I don't start until right. 10 those days it's it's very much that yeah having <laughs> to make yourself available when the students need you so yeah. But yeah, trying to work out what I'm going to do first in a day mm-hmm. is at the moment it's a lot easier because I've got some pretty high priority stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um and I've got some pretty strong deadlines coming up. Um we're getting into sort of the second busiest time of the year because it's coming up to the beginning of the second semester. So yeah, there's some deadlines coming up. And so I've I've got lists of what has to be done. I even used Excel to make a, an attempt at a Gantt chart the other day because I was trying to, I know I'm (laughs) coordinating a small project for, um, creating asynchronous resources for a first-year criminology subject and there's me and an academic skills advisor and then another librarian and so we're trying to create um, some asynchronous resources to go into the learning management system 
And it all has to be done by two weeks before the subject starts because that's when, well, the, of course. Yeah. That's when the learning management system is open to the students. And, ah, yeah. and on top of that, I've just gone on leave for a week, uh, <laughs> so which was pre-planned and is all around when the school holidays are because my wife's a teacher, so any holidays have to be during the school holidays. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I ended up doing this Gantt chart of what had to be done and I tried using, you know, some other, we don't have access to the Gantt chart um, making things in um, in office, in project, because yeah. I'm, I'm not high enough in the system to have that. Um, so, also, yeah, it's bloody it expensive. Was, oh, God, it's so expensive. Oh, I'm sure that would explain why we don't have access to it. But, um, yeah, so I just ended up going, I'm pretty sure I can do a rough version of this in in Excel. And I did. And it's helped because I was able uh -huh. to just plan out, okay, we've got these things to do. These ones are my responsibility. These ones are not my responsibility, but I'd like to be updated on when they're, you know, <laughs> how they're going. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's, like I said, that's going okay at the moment. And it's very much, I have this list. I go back to that notion board that can be either a Kanban or a calendar and look at, well, what is sitting there going in progress with a date with a due date flashing at me? Possibly that right. should be be dealt with first. But at yeah, least and, you weren't doing it in PowerPoint because then I might have to get on an airplane. <laughs> I can't even imagine how you'd try to do a Gantt chart in PowerPoint. I know, but I have I have seen some abominations in my time. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say if you're on a Mac, and I don't know if you are or aren't. I um, yeah, work is not. Um, but okay. yeah, I have I have access to a Mac at home because there is an actual piece of software, and it, it's also an iPad uh, called um, Omni Planner. Oh yeah. Which is basically a project planner um, okay. on iOS and whatever. I think, like, I am I am not proud. They have, like, the subscription plan or whatever. And it's like, if you need it for a short time and the demo isn't going to do it, you get the subscription just long enough to finish whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> see how awesome, awesome it is. Cancel the subscription. The next time you need it, you turn the subscription back on. Um, it's like, yep. I, I, yeah, how my cousin does with Netflix and Disney Plus. She's like, well, I'm caught up on all of the things I like to watch that are, that are Netflix exclusives. Okay, unsubscribing from Netflix, and now I'm going back to Disney Plus or Apple TV yep. for the next yeah. X, X amount of time until I'm caught up there. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, total segue. But um, mm -hmm. the point of the podcast that I'm up to, you've just been watching Ted Lasso. Have you seen the end of it? Yes, and and it's been long enough. It's been at this point, it's been close to a month since it aired. Yeah, and I I absolutely remember. Um, I was looking over my notes for the Dave Pygon episode, uh, which was last week, mm -hmm. and where he was talking about like how Ted Lasso is possibly not just the character, but the entire series is an amazing lesson in leadership and how to be a leader and how to lead oh, absolutely being. and uh, i'm not going to lie there are two scenes in that season in that series finale 
that practically had me ugly crying. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. There was one moment in the season finale that absolutely had me crying. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. But, um, yeah. No, my wife's just finished a Master's of Educational Leadership. And um, <laughs> at one point, she used Ted Lasso clips as a oh, yeah. um, as an illustration of leadership. And um, was the the people who were seeing it were most impressed. And also some of them hadn't heard of Ted Lasso before, which I was like, how? Um, um, I mean, I get that not everyone's going to have access to see it, but it just gets talked yeah, about yeah. so much that um, that, that they um, hadn't yeah, heard about no. it at all surprised me. But, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic – there's so much in it. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it goes through uh, – and that – that last episode was just the the capstone the the you know like i don't know how they could have ended it any other way and still been as good mm-hmm. yeah you know um so I'm, I'm trying to be good about not spoiling yeah so am i <laughs> it, it's only been like a month and that's not really long enough to have the. Has it even been a month? Maybe it's only been like three weeks. Yeah, I think so it's only, we're still in the, in the beginning of June. I think was the last episode. So yeah, yeah. So so three weeks. So we're we're still in the spoil in the in the spoiler free zone. Yeah, uh, I think we so. can gush about it. Like we can gush about it on the call. Uh, you yep. know, in like next month uh, <laughs> or the month after. I don't know what the spoiler like thing is. You know, yeah, what the, what it's it's half life is. I will yeah. say it's it's nice that for most things now we get them at the same time as mm-hmm. the US because um, that used to not be the case. I know. Um, I was just talking with some colleagues the other day about the interesting phenomenon that we had where the premier of New South – well, the former at the time, and he's still former. Obviously, right. he hasn't come back. But the former premier of New South Wales had a newspaper column basically recapping and commenting on um, every episode of season seven of The West Wing <laughs> as it aired in the U.S. Oh, he was in Australia. Somebody's using a VPN. Yeah. He was in Australia <laughs> And should not have legally been able to watch it. And they were publishing this every week in the Sydney Morning Herald. And I'm just like, you're spoiling an entire country. Yeah. (laughs) Also, there was this whole problem where it switched networks in Australia between season six and season seven. So, Uh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it is nice not to have to wait. You know, it used to be years. It used to be two years for most things. And uh, there are, the, and I, I feel the same about several BBC series. Like, um, I fell out of Doctor Who years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand it's been very good, and maybe I should catch up. But at the time, it was like, yes, it aired on like Wednesday in the UK, and then it didn't land on BBC America until like Sunday mm-hmm. or some some gap like that. Yeah. And it was murder. Because yeah. I'd have to turn off, you know, I'd have to mute everyone I knew yep. who watched it in England, right? Yeah. Um, I can only imagine having to do that for, like, two years. Um, There's a reason Australia was the highest pirating television nation in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then and suddenly they realized we could make a whole lot of money if we just 
let us watch it, time. but charge us for yeah. it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no. I, 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 Look, the, the advent of streaming services means that we are watching so many things legally now, and I'm just so happy mm-hmm. because I never liked having to get stuff illegally. The biggest reason I have found people pirate media in all of the years that I have been involved in tech and watching the the pirate piracy and the ease of sh- and sharing services and all yep. of that 90% of the time 99% of it is not for financial gain it is just for access and the moment something becomes easy to access mm-hmm. in, that, in the chosen location or format suddenly boom yep. uh, people stop pirating it Mm-hmm. I mean, I still pirate um, uh, Metallica songs just on principle at this point in time, <laughs> but <clears throat> that's that's just because you know I I'm I'm carrying that grudge for <laughs> ever. Yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you work. You review your work journal. You figure out what you're going to do first based on whatever, yeah, and then. And- and then tend to, you know, try to time box out what's going to work, what, mm-hmm. you know, how much time do I actually have in the day? Um, I've, I've already got like a equivalent of two and a half days blocked out now for that project that, you know, has to be yeah. up by like the 17th of July. I've already just like blocked out time and said, no one is setting meetings in these times. I do not care who you are. Um, so, and sometimes you just have to do that. So I know. Oh, do I know? Yeah. Um, and then you wrap up work at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is where I admit that my home organization is much worse than my work organization. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Because honestly, then after work, it's, well, it's going to depend on, yeah, yeah. The difference between the days when I'm at home, the days when I'm on campus, uh, whether or not my wife wants to go to the gym or not. So if yeah, she does, yeah. I'll probably join her there. Um, and then, of course, the cats demand feeding at 6.30 p.m. Actually, they start demanding yes. feeding at 5.30 p.m., but 6.30 is when they get fed. Um, and then cook dinner and watch television and mm-hmm. try to remind myself that watching television is good crocheting time if I want to get anything done on my crochet projects. Oh, uh, yes. Um, yeah. And and also recently I've been trying to go to bed earlier and get better sleep. So that means the whole evening is shorter than it used to be. So, yeah, that's basically how it all goes. Yeah. Um do you have? Do you do anything uh, uh, in a a bed routine? I actually have a thing now where it's like, well, the last couple of days has changed a little bit. I take my pills, right? We watch mm-hmm. Adventure Time uh, and play our video games, and then just about the time my restless leg pills kick in, I can lay on the bed with Ursula, and we can watch that way. Versus, you know, in yep. my fidgety walk around the bedroom state. Um, Yes, we are currently binging Adventure Time. She's never seen it. Mm-hmm. This is my second go through. And you want to talk about hard not to spoil? 
Yeah, um, during during lockdowns, because like mm-hmm. we had a lot of them, um, we got into the habit of watching an episode of Bluey before bed, and ah. Bluey is just the best. I mean, I know I just said that Ted Lasso was the best, but Bluey is even better. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Bluey! Bluey is something you can just like watch. I, I it's a children's show, right? Yeah. Um, as I recall, Nominally. yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> their Adventure Time is sort of the same way. There's a couple times where it's just like this show is not for children, and I'm like, <laughs> mm, not by about third, fourth season now. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, Bluey, Bluey is still definitely predominantly aimed at children but there is mm-hmm. just so much in it that you can that you can see and the thing is it's seven minute episodes and so it's just this tiny little slice of joy that was absolutely perfect when everything was stressful as all hell and oh yeah you know just as a trying to calm yourself down before bed mm-hmm. was fantastic um we've they've just finished showing the end of the new episodes of season three out here ah. so there's no new bluey at the moment but old bluey is always good i you know uh that's why we pick uh, most of our evening watches are things that are restful things that mm-hmm. we don't have to put a lot of thought into like um after adventure time we'll probably go back because there's just so much of it we'll probably go back to um uh, murder she wrote because we'll yeah. watch like five six seven episodes and then oh well let's watch this other thing then we'll go back and watch five six seven more episodes um or you know we'll watch murder she wrote for a week and then we'll go on a multi-week binge to catch up on something else and then you know or god when the bad batch starts up that'll be the first thing that whatever night it releases and when um Mm. ahsoka comes out or because we are huge into the you know into the Star Wars yep. TV shows, except Andor. I haven't been able to get into Andor. Um, <laughs> yeah, Shell's more of the – so my wife is more of the Star Wars person. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I am – speaking of things that you don't want to spoil, um, uh, we watched the first episode of Secret Invasion the other night, and I am I am. God, not... is it out? Oh, my God, I completely missed it was out. Yeah, it oh started God, Wednesday. It... Oh, Wednesday, it's so, Wednesday which here. Was, so, yeah. Which, literally yesterday. Okay, yes. Um, he says, flipping now to his, the, like, the, the office Apple TV is right here. So now I'm just going <laughs> to go over to the Disney Plus real quick. And, oh, and just check yeah, that and it's there. <laughs> add it to the watch list. Yep. Just go straight into the, add this to the watch list. And that way it'll show up when I go upstairs. And I can be like, okay, Secret Invasion Part 1. Come on, Samuel L. Jackson. We know it's going to be good. Um, yeah after yeah no no i am i've been waiting on that one and i completely spaced (laughs) that it was going to happen like so soon yep but it's then again it's been a week Mm, it really has been a week yeah so (laughs) there's there's no you know you've got every excuse for (laughs) forgetting about a random tv show showing up yes yes um Okay, so um, yeah, let me just add that to the watch list while I'm here. What is this Avatar crap? I don't care. Oh, Quantum Media is finally on as well. All right, stop. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, stop yourself, Kevin. Stop yourself. 
Um, uh, just pop that straight on the, uh, the watch list. And then, yeah, just, just make sure we get that. But no, apparently there is a, a thing on the National Geographic streaming uh, part of Disney Plus that is um, the Extraordinary Birder. Mm-hmm. And so now I know we're going to have to watch that. Yeah. Because on Extraordinary Birder. Yes, on, on general principle. Yeah. Um, so, right. Okay. Away from that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah. Bed, sleep, good luck. Yep, Believe me, get up, I understand do it all the again there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. It is time now. Time now for the, uh, what I think are the super fun questions. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, these are my favorite questions, but they're all kind of my favorite questions. So it's, it's, you know, it, it, it gets, uh, it gets tougher. Yep. Um, but yeah, so, um, let's talk about advice. What's the best advice you would give someone and or what you've been given or in the reverse order. Cause I just realized I did the order backwards when I was explaining <laughs> it. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's one, there's one that's sort of both in that I have given this to people and, mm-hmm. and sort of been given it as well. And obviously it only works for certain things. Right. But um, with both bullet journaling and scrapbooking, the mm-hmm. advice that there are no rules um, was really, particularly in scrapbooking, was really important for me to, <laughs> um, to you know, read, learn, and inwardly digest, as they say. Right. Um, or is it Mark Learn and Inwardly Digest? Anyway. Whatever it was, <laughs> um, the because particularly in something like that, and you know, we, we've seen it with bullet journaling over the years as well. You get this sort of expectation that it all has to to look is a certain way, right? And it doesn't. This is mm-hmm. not something that is, you know, life or death or government regulated or anything else this is make it work for you and just because my scrapbooking is a lot more minimalist and doesn't involve multiple layers of embellishments and is more about just a photo and some words doesn't mean it's not scrapbooking and I used to be part of a couple of Um, more minimalist bullet journal communities back when I was actually using Facebook Um, because, of course, there grew up the uh, animosity between the minimalists and the maximalists. (laughs) But Uh, you'd you'd get people coming in going, I like the idea of bullet journaling, but it's all so fancy and I don't have the time or the artistic skills. And I'd just say, there are no rules. This is make it work for you. And, yeah, it's it's been really important for those areas of life where that is correct to, yeah, to keep that in mind. And it's like, it's a, it's a, um, it's very freeing. Mm, exactly. Yeah. 
um, when I when I realized after looking at all the bullet journal stuff that if I just kept it to the minimal and made it what I wanted it to be, it suddenly got so much like easier to keep track of because there was no pressure other yeah. than write it down, cross it off, write it down, cross it off. Yep. You know? Yeah. So I think that's, that's yeah. one. And of course the other one that in fact, I said to myself yesterday at one point, um, perfect is the enemy of done. <laughs> and I got that one it, from you. <laughs> so thank you again. Yeah, I got it from, I think Merlin man's 43 uh, website yeah. years ago. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, when I was a just because see that's where all the all my focus on productivity began was when I was in that transition to working as a lawyer and trying to work out mm-hmm. how on earth do I stay on track and this is not like uni where there's assignments and oh, yeah. how do I how do I cope with the fact that there are sixteen client files on my desk and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's And that was when I was, you know, it's really a thing, time, yeah. Yeah, that was when I was spending time on Merlin Man's site. Um that mm-hmm. was when I bought my copy of Getting Things Done. That yep. was, you know, although I I remember searching for and I've done this for both libraries and lawyers. I was like, where is the adjustment to getting things done for lawyers? Because this does not speak to my experience of, of work. Yeah. Even so. And then I was even more when I was into libraries and like, where is getting things done for librarians? Sadly, neither oh, of those no. things exist. No, it's, it's not like the, uh, the chicken soup for the soul books or the seven habits of highly effective. Yeah. Books, yeah. Right. Where they're just like, let's come out with a branded targeted one. And, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, which is probably um, a good thing, but at the time mm-hmm. was quite frustrating to me. Yes, um, I'm also curious whether they've updated it for no one having physical files anymore. <laughs> I, you know, I have not looked. My my actually my um, one of my next when I'm through the current crowd of oh no ursula just sent me her new manuscript and i have to read it right now 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 or she will go insane um but uh is um uh, dale carnegie has the the carnegie institute mm-hmm. not the college but you know the the yep. professional organization has uh released um how to win friends and influence people in the digital age which i think is going to be a really interesting yeah differential take between from the original which was written in the, the 20s yes okay that's even earlier yeah, than i thought 1920s? that makes sense but yeah 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 um yeah well, that's a hundred so, years of change so yeah yeah and so they they updated it so i'm really interested in that um i've not gone back to look at things like um i don't think anything has changed with the franklin covey stuff because mm one of the things about the principles that are used for um, seven habits and a lot of the Franklin Covey training I had for their planners specifically and all that translate almost seamlessly to digital. Yeah. Right. But 
Yeah. The whole concept of inbox when what is an inbox and how many do I actually have now that <laughs> yeah. getting things done have is a whole other thing. Yes. Yeah. And the, you know, write everything on sticky notes and put it in your physical inbox. And it's just like, nah, don't have one of those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your, your daily log in a bullet journal could is essentially the same thing. Mm. Right. Yeah. But you know, but again, that doesn't, that's still a physical, it doesn't translate to digital. Yeah. And of course, yeah. the other problem that I always had with, with the, um, most of the productivity systems was it was always focusing on delegating to other people. And as a first year lawyer, and then, I mean, even now I've, now I've actually got someone I can delegate occasionally to. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I have been, Working since, don't do the math, 2005. So, you know, that's a long time with no one to delegate to when most of these systems are like, delegate what you can. It's like, yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) Going back to the context of the situation, like if you're writing this to someone who is a business person who you expect to have, it's, it's for a busy executive, it's not for a busy um, freelancer, yeah. right? But the freelancers grabbed onto it with both hands. And I'm like, you know, there's a whole lot of principles in here that just will not work. Yeah. I, you know, um, I'm an individual contributor. And if I had a secretary, maybe I could delegate or if I had, but I'm not at that level. Yeah. Like even, even the managers I worked for at IBM, they didn't have secretaries. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't get somebody with a secretary in an office until you're like third or fourth line. Yeah. You know, whereas the, the guy I'm working for is, you know, he's lucky he has his own office and not just a cubicle. Yep. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the interesting things about my career trajectory is that I started with an office and half a secretary um, and then (laughs) went to, uh, you know, a desk in a workroom. Like we don't even have cubicle walls. It's just open. And so I've I've gone downwards in that, you know, pseudo hierarchy. (laughs) But that's what happens when you start as a lawyer and become a librarian. (laughs) And I think there's actually... um, Contextually speaking, I, it's probably worth looking to see if if getting things done has been updated with a, a better fo- focus away from the busy executive to the busy grunt like I. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for the sad question? Uh, I guess I need to be. <laughs> yes. Uh, so. Um, how do you deal with failure uh, and or missing a goal? So this is the thing. I'm my examples are, yeah. It, it's it's an interesting one. I've I've had a pretty good run at work recently, so that there isn't mm-hmm. really anything that I could think of that counts as an actual failure. Um, right. so that's, that's good. And that's, that's a really great place to be. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the main thing is just that what, 
almost in some ways what practically everyone else says too. It's that, you know, I, I take a little bit of time to be in my feelings and cope with it and then move on to whatever extent that is. <laughs> um, I had a... Um, I had a manuscript that was, you know, sort of going to be published with a very small publisher, incredibly niche. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but I was much slower than I should have been with the edits. And between that and a couple of other reasons, it didn't end up happening. And, but that was something I'd been working on for 14 years. Um, And when that fell over, that was pretty devastating. Oh yeah, um, and it's you know possibly the reason I'm not writing quite so much at the moment. So clearly, I'm still in the <laughs> process of dealing with it. <laughs> right, right. Because you know, there's a lot of well, if I'd just been better at editing and actually getting mm-hmm. it done, at which point I'm like, but that's the thing I do in my spare time, and etc. But I think it's about being able to. Well, first of all, recognize that I'm probably still in that processing stage and yeah. I probably haven't moved on yet as much as I think I have. Um, and if I'm ever at the point where I've got something that needs edits again, put the processes in place so that things happen mm-hmm. when they didn't the first time. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think that's that's probably my answer to that one. Yeah, it's well, I'm I don't think I'm very good at dealing with it. Um, but you know, you you just have to deal and keep going. I uh, uh, the thing that I have been saying, and um, you probably didn't watch this, but when Luke Cage was on Netflix, um, I ate it up. Um, and hopefully it's going to be coming to Disney now that they have the series mm-hmm. back. Um, and I highly recommend the first season. The second season was a little more touching. It took a little getting into it in the second season, but once it got going, it was just like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that the well, first season, the, the quote that was constantly being used was always forward, never back. And that's where yeah. I've been. That's been kind of what <laughs> where we are right now, but it's it's been mm-hmm. coming uh, around a lot, you know, yeah. as we're processing things and dealing with things and all that, it's like, but we got to keep moving forward. So, yeah, yeah. Flip side, mm-hmm. happy question: <laughs> Do you celebrate your successes, and if so, how? Or is this inadvertently going to become the sad question again? <laughs> no, see, I think for me, I think for me, the failure question is the difficult and sad question, and the success is the easy and happy question. I'm oh, awesome. I'm a I'm a different, yeah. You know, I'm different to a lot of people in that, I guess. Um, I do try to celebrate my successes, mm-hmm. um, and part of that is setting up a bit of motivation for myself to get through things. In that, gotcha. like, I have a list um, of books that I want to buy that, you know, I'll nominate one as when I get this particular video done for this particular class, then I am able to buy the latest Talia Hibbert or, you know, whatever. Um, So I've got that 
as just sort of little things. Um, when I finished, I haven't worked out what my what my reward for finishing this big project is going to be, but I've been realizing lately I need to work that out. Um, I had a oh. I had a big project that I finished in February that the the reward was an entire Farrah Roshan series because um, <laughs> I was like, this is a big project, I get a big reward. Um, and I mean, we also try to celebrate things by going out for a nice dinner, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I finished the third of my four grad cert subjects um, at the beginning of the month. And so we went out for a nice dinner for that when I got my grades back. So Ooh. things like that. It was good. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a combination of celebrating success and also setting myself up with motivational rewards. Yeah. I mean, if whatever helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if that's what works for you, fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right. So now before we uh, call it done, uh, the the last and final question now, um, and I realize for a lot of listeners who are keeping up to date, it is surprising to hear us say this, uh, but we are good. We are in a great place financially. If that changes, we're going to tell everybody. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, we would like to hear uh, from you uh, a place for uh, the other listeners, since you're a listener too, <laughs> to um, give their money, people who need it more than we do because we don't. And we'd rather it go to somebody else. So I've got two because mm-hmm. it can be – like I know it's quite difficult to give money to U.S. charities from Australia, so I figure it's probably the same going the other way. So yeah. I have two. Um, mm-hmm. In Australia, um, it is Black Rainbow which is a queer Indigenous support service um, set up to set up and it was set up initially as suicide prevention because of the really mm-hmm. high suicide rates among Indigenous um, queer people and particularly young people. But they've been able to move, keep doing that, but move to research and other forms of support. So that one's, yeah. That's the one for Australia. Mm -hmm. The US one, and um, Mm -hmm. I didn't end up talking about this much, but my family's um, mostly in Minnesota and around Minnesota. And um, there's a a group there called Unrestrict Minnesota, which is um, reproductive rights. um, And they're working to make sure that reproductive rights rights are protected in Minnesota Mm -hmm. when they aren't being protected in the surrounding states. So that one's pretty important right now. Mm, Oh, so very important. And I was going to say, I could not tell that you had family from, uh, and, you know, Minnesota, I pretty much was clued in the moment you say, I'm tracking the Viking scores (laughs) over the course of the season. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> Australian football is such a big thing that when you're at school here, you tend to just be asked, "What's your team?" And I 
don't really follow. I do now because my wife is a massive Sydney Swans fan, but Ah, I, all the way through school, I just said, the Vikings and then they'd stare at me and go who the hell are you talking about and um but yeah (laughs) but look they they had not a bad season last year I'm sure this season is going to be terrible yeah Um, no my my brother-in-law um who actually was born and raised in like Lumberton, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, he glommed onto the Vikings. And so when I first met him, he was maybe 19. And he is all about the Vikings with this, you know, and his thick Southern accent. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, all right then. You know what, dude? You do you. That's, yep. you know, that's awesome. Uh, also, because at the time we had the, the nearest professional football teams are were the um, Atlanta Braves. Um, no, wait, Braves is the, Falcons? Is the baseball team. Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington Racists. Yep. Um, yep. And, and so it was like, mm, like we didn't have one. So mm-hmm. like Vikings was probably a great deal. Although, you know, my family's from Pittsburgh, so Steelers all the way. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So that's, yeah. Um, those are all the official formal questions and several tangents on the way, along the way. <laughs> of course. Um, yes. Um, if you care to share, and it is okay to say no, um, where can we find you online? Again, if you care to share. Yeah, if you don't want to, I think the only real place is my Instagram, but it's mostly crochet um, rather than and, – and what books I've been reading. Um, mm-hmm. So that's <laughs> – this has a story behind it. The The handle is Shay Stutters. So C-H-E, oh gosh, I was about to say Z. C-H-E-Z underscore S-T-U-T-T-E-R-S. So first of all, you've got the Australian versus American there with the um, mm-hmm. pronunciation of, a, of the 26th letter of the alphabet. Yes. Um, when my wife and I got together, uh, I was stab, she was butters. Um, and mm-hmm. we were playing around with, um, you know, would we have a portmanteau name if we ever got married? And obviously we did end up getting married. But the only thing we could think of was stutters, and I refused. <laughs> um, but, and in the end, neither of us have actually been able to change our names because the law sucks. Um, uh, and also we had to get married in New Zealand because Australia didn't allow, um, marriage equality at the time. Right. So that just makes changing your name harder if you got married outside harder. the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've still legally stuck with our own names, even though I go by yeah. Butterstab most of the time, but the Instagram account was my, um, joke about <laughs> the name that she wanted to go with that I was refusing to accept. I mean, it's better than Babs. You could have gone with Babs. Yeah, that would have been or, terrible too. Or, 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 or uh, I guess Bubs. Like, yeah, and see, I couldn't. <laughs> this, this is a really, you know, weird tangent. But I could not go with Bub because mm-hmm. a um, a book series that I have loved ever since I was about twelve that mm-hmm. you probably have only heard of if you're British and female 
is the Chalet School series. It's got something like 70 books in it. I love it. Boarding school series. But one of the terrible headmistresses who should never have come to the school was Miss Bub. And so couldn't possibly. Which, I mean, the first thing, most of the time, the first thing I think is the Daffy Duck line of, hey, Bub, you need a house to go with this doorknob. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Okay. Um, So that's everything, everything. And I just want to say thank you so much for for writing and volunteering. Um, uh, Thank you for making time in your schedule. I know it's Friday morning there and it is Thursday night here. And uh, yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun. And yeah, it has been. um, We should do it again sometime. That'd be great. See if I've gotten myself any better organized. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, just when you're, when you're ready, shoot me an email, you know what it is and we'll, uh, we'll make it happen. Yep. We'll do. uh, uh, Sincerely. Thank you so much. And then, For the people at home, we will be right back after this. I had an awesome time talking to Heidi. I cannot wait to talk to Heidi again. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And so there we go. And it occurs to me that I forgot to think of a word. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. Um, well, you know what? I'm just going to, I, I'm going to make up a word on the spot. Uh, the word is... Um, Bluey. 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 What why bluey? Because the um as we were talking about like shows that were comforting or oh. good to watch, and we had been watching Adventure Time at yes. the time, and Heidi was like, Oh no, like watch Bluey. Um so Bluey. There we go. Bluey is our word. And what do you do with the word? You go to the website, you enter it, uh, the, well, you have to like log in to an account or something like that now, yes. but there's a spot where you can enter that, and you will get a badge. You will get a badge, a handcrafted, bespoke badge. I handcraft them, uh, I handcraft them myself every Artisanal. week. Artisanal. Artisanal. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Anyway... Um, and that's at productivityalchemy.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes with the links to all of the things. Yes. Um, the links uh, from the things we talked about on the show that I, I captured and put in there. Um, links to old episodes. Links to show notes for those very same old episodes. There's our bios. There's even a page now where you can see all of the things that our listeners and we have asked you to support instead of us in the past. A charity. 
yes. suggestion page. Yes, indeed. And uh, and what is the newest thing that's going to be added to this page? There are two. Okay. Um, so, for those of you who may be in Australia or want to give to support um, people in Australia, uh, this week's charity is the Black Rainbow Queer Indigenous Support Service. Awesome. Yes. Uh, and then if you happen to be in the U.S. or you feel very strongly about women's rights, um, you could also support the Unrestrict Minnesota Reproductive Rights. Okay. Um, because those are the two charities that Heidi recommended. Yeah, and and as a someone who spent 10 years in Minnesota, uh, uh, women in Minnesota definitely need reproductive rights. Trust me. I yes. know. I relied on the Planned Parenthood for them there for a decade. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, let's be honest, it's not just about abortion. No, God, no, that's where I got my birth control, my pap smears. Yeah, it's, it's women's health. It's not just abortions. So yeah. that's... I mean, abortion is health care and people should be able to get them. But also, if you need pills and pap smears and stuff like that, any, anything oh, yeah. that happens in your pelvis... They're very helpful. <laughs> Anything that happens in your pelvis. Yeah, okay. So, there we go. Look, I'm just saying a lot of shit, a lot of shit goes down in the pelvis. I'm, no, I'm aware. Uh, I'm very familiar with some of the things that go down in the pelvis. Both mine and yours. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, that's it for this week. Um, so, you know what? Go out there and... In the words of Pops on, um, uh, not Iron Fist, um, Luke Cage, always forward, never back. So do your best to um, stay productive. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Everyone will be fine or they will answer to me. Oh, shit.